0: Welcome to Revival Church Showman of the Week. We hope you enjoy another powerful message by Apostle Jean-Pierre Becker. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit us at revivalcc.org. I want you to go with me in your Bibles to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter number 12 from verse 1. And this morning, once again, we're going to anoint people afresh that are believing God for supernatural prosperity to manifest in and through their lives. The Bible says in Genesis 12 verse 1, the very first thing God said to Abraham is, I want to deal with your paradigm. I want to deal with the strongholds the paradigm has formed in your life. And I want you to go for yourself. Sometimes you have to go for yourself. To invest in yourself. Turn to your neighbor and say, go for yourself. Go for yourself. This is going to improve you, Abraham. Go for yourself. When you come to church, you go for yourself. How many of you agree with me? When you come to the house of God, you are going for yourself. You're investing in your spiritual walk. And the Bible says that God said to him, I want you to go away from your From your country, from your relatives, and your father's house. Why? Because these people have formed a paradigm. And this paradigm has become a stronghold in your life. And I want to move you from poverty to prosperity. And the Bible says that he followed the instruction. And we're going to see what happened with his life. So the purpose of prosperity is to destroy paradigms and strongholds in your life the bible says in genesis 15 verse 1 to 5 the word of the lord came to abram in a vision saying do not be afraid abram i am your shield your exceedingly great reward but abram said lord god what will you give me seeing i go childless and the hair of my house is eliezer of damascus then abram said look you have given me no offspring Indeed, no born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, This one shall not be your heir, but, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now towards the heavens and count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said to him, Surely your descendants will be. Say with me new paradigms. New paradigms was installed. Two major paradigms was installed in Abram's life. Number one, divine health. He said, I cannot have children. I have a problem. But the Bible says, he gave the promise. From your body shall come a child. From your own loins shall come one. And you know the whole story that they were very, very old. Even Sarah loved when Abraham said, I think I've got it on. And I'm going to make you pregnant, baby. He could not do it. It was impossible. In the natural, he lacked divine health. The Bible says that God installed it and Sarah fell pregnant at a very old age. I want you to know it's not over until God says it's over. He is going to make a way where there is no way. There is an anointing of divine prosperity coming upon your life. A mantle of supernatural prosperity coming upon your life. And if God promised it to Abraham... Surely it's going to manifest for you. Is it possible to live a long, full life? Yes. One of the promises of prosperity is that you be in health. See with me, divine health. It is a paradigm to wake up in the morning and go to the gym. And that paradigm becomes a stronghold. Strongholds are acted out. It's a paradigm to put the right stuff in your mouth. And that paradigm becomes a stronghold that you begin to act out. It's quiet up in here, but it's okay. Say with me, prosperity is also for my health. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper even as I know your soul prospers. Men are in hell. He said you're going to be fruitful. He gave the promise that part of this stronghold is that you are going to bear a child. You are going to bring forth a child. So it's not women that are pregnant. It's men that are pregnant. Any men pregnant here this morning? I say any men pregnant with a seed? Woman cannot get pregnant without a man being pregnant. So the man impregnates the woman. You carry a seed of greatness, a seed of potential, a seed of power, a seed of glory. How many of you believe it? The second one was a paradigm of wealth, divine health and divine wealth. Those are the two paradigms I want to install by the grace of God. Here this morning and even online. That you would walk in divine health and divine wealth. Shout it's my portion. In the mighty name of Jesus. How many of you are ready to walk in divine health and divine wealth? It's the promise of his word. The Bible says he brought him outside of his tent. His tent represented his present limitation. The stars in the sky and the sand of the seashore represented the endless possibilities of God in his life. I want us to know this morning here and online, we serve a limitless God. There is no limitation to our God. He's in Ephesians 3:20. God, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all. Shout if you believe it this morning. Come, on. he said, This is how I'm going to bless you. And in multiplying, I'm going to multiply you. So write this down. What is a paradigm? A paradigm is a negative limiting rugged mental structure formed by one's thoughts that is what a paradigm looks like it is a negative limiting rugged mental structure formed by one's thoughts the enemy only has access to our thoughts and he is the one that plants thoughts it's always thoughts of destruction you know exactly when it is the thoughts of the enemy because it's for your harm but the thoughts of God is Jeremiah 29 11, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you therefore when you listen to the word and you read the word you're getting the thoughts of God for your life it is thoughts of prosperity it is thoughts not to harm you but to give you a hope and a future so the enemy plants thoughts To create a structure and a paradigm that becomes a stronghold that we act out. Today paradigms of the enemy are coming down. How many do you believe it? So write it down. What is a a mental stronghold? It is a negative paradigm, thought pattern that has become rooted in the mind. It is a way of thinking. It is a way of reasoning. Have you met some people? They're so negative that if they touch your automobile's battery, it goes flat immediately. How many of you have met such people? They are just always negative. It's just always negativity. Then you get around people that is full of the thoughts of God. That you can leave their presence so pumped, ready to take the enemy out because they have a mental stronghold. They have a supernatural paradigm, a kingdom paradigm that says all things are possible to them that believe. So we see that God dealt with the paradigm even in Abraham's life. The Bible says that He removed certain paradigms from his life in order for him to become extremely rich. And the Bible says that God interfered in Abraham's life to take him out of his comfort zone. Come out of your tent. So the first way God deals with a paradigm is to take you out of your comfort zone. How many you agree with me that Minion was taken out of her comfort zone to go in her house cleaning clothing to a stranger? And she gave her the word, The Lord showed me you have cancer. And she began to minister the power of God. And the word was accurate, and that lady's life has been changed forever outside. Of the comfort zone is a flow of power. Outside of the comfort zone is a flow of miracles. What would happen if God shifts your paradigm and he puts in your heart to do something that is outside of your comfort zone? Like opening your own cell group. Like attending some department of the church. Like serving somewhere in the body of Christ. Like advancing the kingdom of God. Like evangelizing. Like making disciples. Like casting the devil out of your mother-in-law. Come on somebody. Shift. The paradigm: God intervened by taking him out of his comfort zone. Some are too comfort. Some are too comfortable where they are right now. God wants to break the comfort zone. I feel fire up in here today. It's going to hit the house of God, and it's going to hit everybody online. How about God shifts your paradigm and begin to challenge you to give a double tithe into the kingdom of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, You've been tithing, but you don't even feel that tithe because the tithe belongs to the Lord. Therefore, the Lord begin to shift us into a new paradigm. Even in Tampa, Florida, the Lord said, you've been giving a tithe faithfully, but you don't feel it anymore because the tithe belongs to me. I want you to double tithe into my kingdom that's outside of our comfort zone. And I came to prophesy God is about to with his blessings that cannot be contained outside of your comfort zone. God will take every amen right now. God will take every shout right now. Somebody say, but I'm not that type of person in church. Break the comfort zone. Be a higher, higher. Shout in the house of God. You say, I'm going to shout. Just shout. I. You said, I don't clap my hands in church. Clap your hands in church. Rejoice. Come on, somebody. Shout to the voice of triumph. God broke the paradigm, number two, by giving him a big vision. A big vision will break the paradigm. If I always tell our business people, local is lacquer, but global is better. You cannot just look at the rand. You have to think big abroad. No limitation. Your papa created the galaxies. Your papa created the planet. And he sits upon the circle of the earth. And he rules with power and authority. And you are bone of his bone. You are flesh of his flesh. As he is, so are you in this world. I wonder if you can shout for your papa. Woo! He broke the paradigm by giving him a big vision. As the stars in the sky, the sand on the seashore. If you can count them. The innumerable, the immeasurable greatness of our God. Nothing lies beyond his reach. No limitations attached to his divinity. He's a sovereign God. He's a supernatural God. He's a limitless God. He can intervene in earth's affairs right now. He can step into that situation and turn it around supernaturally. Big vision. If your vision does not scare you, it's not from God. <laughs> Mama, if you can handle it, it's not from God. Papa, if you can calculate it, it's not from God. Shout mega, mega. Number three. He broke a paradigm by expanding Abraham's heart. Abraham's heart was very small at first. Due to a paradigm that became a stronghold that governed his life. He was so limited that his mindset and his paradigm was, I just want to impregnate Sarah. And God said, I call now. Way beyond that. Sarah, small, small. By round one, you make Sarah pregnant. I am going to make your descendants like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. He was saying to Abram, I will, I will widen your heart. All around the world, they will sing songs even from children's ministry. Father Abraham had many sons. And many sons that Father Abraham, I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Hey! I will widen your heart. Therefore, I cannot have a church that is limited to one language, though I can preach fluent in Afrikaans and English, I must have an all-nations church white, black, colored Indian that is welcomed in the presence of God because God takes a heart and he widens that heart. He makes it big for all nations to experience the move of the Spirit of God. My heart was widened even in Lepalale when Lepalale was still a Buddha Dorp. He widened my heart. There was only Buddha in the Dorp. And I preach in Afrikaans and a lady from Zimbabwe walked into my service and the Lord said, today you switch over for all nations. From that day, we became an all nations church. People were still looking at me. The Buddha was still checking me out. One moment I was preaching fluent Afrikaans. The next moment I'm in the amplifier. I'm preaching in, in English for all nations to come. When that lady walked in, the church became an all nations church. The Lord took the limitations off of us and He said, I will broaden your heart, I will, I will make your heart big for all nations to gather. Amen. That's where the slogan comes from a church for all nations. We are a church for all nations. How many be grateful that you're a church for all nations? But it's only God that can break a paradigm and see all nations shaken by the power of God. How many of you are ready for the move of God? Let Him expand your heart. Therefore, I cannot even drive through a town without looking for a building for a church to be planted. Because when your heart is widened, when your heart becomes big, you become like a taxi. There's always a room for one more. (laughs) Woo! 15 seater becomes 25 seater. There's always a room for one more. We must put a big board. Our church is like a taxi. There's always a room for one more. (laughs) You become like Sardinke again. Woo! He broke the paradigm number four by by using the tithe. He broke the paradigm through the tithe. He said to Abraham, you're going to be a tither. You're going to honor me in, in your tithes. In Hebrews 7 and throughout his lineage, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, all of them honored God with the tithe. And none tither has a paradigm. That has become a stronghold that causes them to act in a certain way. A non-tither has the paradigm, I cannot give my tithe to the church because I don't know how will I survive this month. The paradigm of a non-tither says the pastor is wasting my money. The paradigm of the non-tither is the church is using my money for the wrong things. I will not give my money to the church. The devil is a liar. You have his drag queen mother-in-law's mentality. A tither's paradigm says God will rebuke the devourer for my sake. A tither's paradigm says God will open the windows and pour out a blessing that there shall not be room enough. In fact, they don't look down. They look up because they know they're tithers in the kingdom and God is true to his word. He must manifest his word. Don't reason with me. Reason with the word. Numbers twenty-three nineteen says God is no man that he should lie." So you and God... You organize a little meeting. You're not seeing the breakthrough you want to see in your finances. You say, but God, you say in your word that nations will call me blessed. He cannot lie. How many of you agree with me? Somehow, somewhere, that damn wall must break. Somewhere, somehow, the miracle must flow. But my God is not a liar. He is true to his word. Anybody like that with that paradigm and stronghold in their minds here today? May it be a good one. Watch this now. Number five. He broke the paradigm through obedience. When God began to test our obedience, he will deal with paradigms that wants to keep us back. Genesis 22, the Bible says that God tested Abraham's obedience. And he said... I want, to take, I want you to take your son, your only son Isaac, and I want you to offer him up as a sacrifice. What did Abraham do? He took Isaac and he did exactly what God required. In his obedience, God came through and he provided a lamb for a sacrifice. Can you imagine what was going on in his mind How he was waging war with a paradigm. This is my only child. In the one hand, the paradigm says, this is your only child. How can you sacrifice? This is your most precious offering. How can you give it in the offering? How will you survive if you double tithe? That is the one side of the paradigm that's always negative. That doesn't see a way out. So small like a towel soap. But on the other hand, Jesus said, given it shall be given back unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over when men pour into your bosom. In the kingdom paradigm, in the kingdom mindset, we obey his word. We live his word. That obedience is greater than a sacrifice. Shouts got a little bit less, but I'm okay. I'm preaching for the audience of one. Watch this. What was the results of a new paradigm? Genesis 13-2. Now Abraham was extremely rich. Some of you are looking at me with a Montana expression on your face. I want you to get a very rich expression on your face. And I want you to turn to your neighbor. And I want you to show him or her or all twenty-eight teeth. Say the results of a new paradigm is extremely rich god has no problem with you becoming extremely rich he has no problem with you having money but he has a problem when money has you he's got no problem with you having wealth but he has a problem when wealth has you look to your other neighbor look them in the eye give them a very rich look that's where you're going with a new paradigm I feel fire up in here that obedience Isaac is the same reflection of the crucifixion hey Genesis 2 or Genesis 22 looks like the crucifixion but how many of you agree with me that obedience and that shift in that paradigm Gave birth to every single one of us. God wanted a family. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he shifted his paradigm and he sowed a son in order to reap a family. If God did not shift his paradigm, he would have never had a family. Your paradigm shift is about to give birth to mega finances, mega breakthroughs, mega miracles, mega release. Here's the paradigm many have. They take 20 tatamadibas before they come into the service. They pre-rehearse what they are going to give to God. You just fought with your wife and you're in the flesh. Now you somewhat take 10 And he says, I'm going to throw that in the offering. Then God comes in the service. And he shifts your paradigm. And he says, hey, you wanted to give that little 10 rand. Now you're going to give (laughs) 10,000. You, you wanted to give that little knee. You come into service. The power of God is upon you. God shifts your paradigm. He says, I've got big things in store for you. And he who sows sparingly shall reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully shall reap bountifully. What are you expecting? Shift your paradigm. Say with me extreme. You have to say like a South African. Say extremely, extremely rich. Where you right now, you will not stay. Where you at now, you will not remain. God is shifting your paradigm. Shout, I believe it. Therefore, I receive it. Psalms one hundred and twenty-two. Let's go to. David, how many of you are receiving from the word? I said, how many of you receiving from the word? I hear testimonies in the spirit of big, 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 big breakthroughs. I hear testimonies of mega, mega, mega miracles. But God must shift the paradigm. Lay hands on yourself. Say, God, shift the paradigm. Psalms 122. I was glad when they said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. The first major key right here. We see in the wealth of David's life. Was he had a passion for the house of God. He loved the house of God. How many of you love church? I don't don't, don't understand, you know, some people, you have to lick them to come to church. You have to beg them to come to church. Listen, I've tried the old wine. It, It does not satisfy like this wine. I've tried the world. It does not fulfill like the kingdom of God. The best place for you to be is in church. I say the best place for you to be is right here in the presence and the power of God. You know, when I was in the world and I shook my boogie for the devil, I didn't watch my watch once. I raved all night, started 11 o'clock till 10 o'clock the following morning. I gave it all for the devil. How about you give it all for the kingdom of God? It's a paradigm. Turn to your neighbor say, shift your paradigm." Woo. Now you need pastors to have to phone people. Where are you? Why have you not let me in charge? I was glad when they said to me, Let's go up to the house of the Lord. It's a paradigm to be in love with the kingdom of God that becomes a stronghold that causes you to act a little bit different. If it wasn't for the church of Jesus Christ, you would have been still broke, disgusted and busted. If it it wasn't for the church, you would have been still on the crack pipe. If it wasn't for the church, the Holy Ghost filled, sanctified church, full of the power of God, full of the anointing of God. I'm talking about that old-fashioned, hot, Holy Ghost tongue-talking, devil-out-costing, sing-through-the-night type of church. I wonder if that church is here today. Hey! It's the church full of the power of God that delivered your life. Oh, but the church hurt me. The church never hurt you. The church cannot hurt you. A person might have hurt you. Not the ecclesia, not the bride of Christ. And if one acts in a way that is contrary to the the nature of God, it means that that one lacks identity in that moment. Like many of us have moments where we lack identity. So if we act in a way that is not Christ-like, it just means we forgot who we were in that moment. So I apologize if, if I or someone forgot for a moment who we are in Christ. Because if I lose my temper, it means for a moment I just forgot who I was. If you lose it for a moment, it means you just forgot who you were. Mm. We were created in the image and the likeness of God. That's what it means to fall short of the glory of God. But the Holy Ghost reminds you, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You cannot act that way. So who are we to point the finger? Let the Holy Ghost sort the individual out. Let the Holy Ghost deal with the person. Let the Holy Ghost deal with their identity. Shout the house of God is what I live for. The presence of God is what I live for. I feel fire up in here. Only the Holy Ghost can remind you of who you really are. How many of you believe that? If I don't care how you've sinned, how you've failed. you back in church. That's a sign. The Holy Ghost constantly reminds you that you're not supposed to act that way. It's a sign. The Holy Ghost is Lord of your life. I don't care what flaw you're up against. I don't care what weakness you are fighting. The reason you're in church today is a good reason to praise God. Because David messed up many times, many times, many times. He looked where he was not supposed to look. And he forgot who he was. There's a mighty warrior in God. David loved woman too much. Oh yes. Talking about Bathsheba. Talking about an eye. Made him fall. Look out the window. In the wrong way. Locked eye on coconut. He was not supposed to lock eye on. And he fell. But he came back. Every time. And repented. Oh yes. Only Holy Ghost can bring you back every time. The Spirit of God. I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. You know, he only convicts once of sin. And then when you're in the kingdom and in Christ, he convicts of righteousness. Then when you have a false step, he reminds you of who you are. Oh my God. You know, he doesn't even point to the sin. But he reminds you, brings to your remembrance, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And the righteous act a little bit different. Isn't that wonderful? You know, people can operate in judgment and point the finger in scorn. But if we point the finger, there's nine pointing at us. Only Holy Ghost can do the work. But as long as you come back, To the house of God. As long as you run back into his arms. He will work what's in you out of you. He will work iniquity out of you. He will love sin out of you. He will love lust out of you. Am I giving a license to sin? No. He was in love with the agenda of the kingdom of God. No matter what flaw he had in his life. Just like Abraham was a liar. Oh yes. Abraham lied. But all these greats, one thing I see is their love for the agenda of the kingdom of God. I was glad when they said to me, let us go up to the house of the Lord. He was in love with the agenda of the kingdom of God. Our feet are standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem, which is a city that is compacted together, to which the tribes go up, even the tribe of the Lord, as was decreed as a testimony to Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. For there the thrones of judgment were set, the thrones of the house of David. Watch this now, verse 6, as you come and play gently on the keys, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. When you bless The people of God, which is in full context also Israel or the Jewish people. Which is the apple of God's eye. And we spiritual Israelites, when you pray for the peace of Jerusalem. In the spirit, you are declaring nothing missing, nothing wanted, nothing needed, Homeless, peace, and prosperity. It has a boomerang effect. If you bless Israel, you shall be blessed. Jerusalem represents the house of God, the kingdom of God. You are sitting in Jerusalem right now. This is a spiritual Jerusalem. It is a a spiritual paradise. And he's praying that peace may be upon Jerusalem. May they prosper. Underline this. Who love you. The holy city. May they prosper. Who love you. The declaration was specifically directed to lovers of the kingdom of God. Many love to prosper, but they don't love Him. This entire series is not so much about things. Yes, we use the things to advance the kingdom of God. Just like we need millions to buy this building, Just like we need millions to buy all the other buildings. Just like we need resources to advance the kingdom of God. It is more about your intimacy with the living God than anything else. May peace be within your walls and prosperity within your palaces. For my brethren and companions sake, I will now say peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord. Here's the key verse 9. For the sake of the house of the Lord, our God, I will seek, inquire, for and require your good. He's saying, I'm going to pursue prosperity to advance the kingdom of God. He's saying, I'm going to pursue wealth. I'm going to become extremely rich so that I can build churches debt free. So that I can feed the poor globally. So that I can be a blessing that would advance the kingdom of God forcefully. I'm going to inquire, require your good for the sake of the house of the Lord. A intimate love relationship. We go deeper. We see David, the Bible says in Chronicles. The Bible says that he took of his own gold and articles of silver. And he set his affection upon the house of God. He burned to see the temple built. Yet with his own eyes he could not behold it. But the offering he gave of sacrifice. His son Solomon built the greatest temple. And I wish I had time to go into the material. And the bill of quantities for the temple. The best material was used. Love is seen in sacrifice. God the Father manifested it. By sacrificing his own son. Love is seen in sacrifice. Lift those hands to him. There we are as we get our attention off of ourselves and we begin to put it on the kingdom of God these realms of wealth coming to the church of Jesus Christ Matthew six thirty-one to 33 in closing just gently therefore do not worry and be anxious saying what are we going to have to eat or what are we going to have to drink or what are we going to have to wear For the Gentiles, the heathens, wish for and crave and diligently seek all these things. And your heavenly Father knows well that you need them all. Verse 33. But seek, aim at, and strive first of all the kingdom of God. His righteousness, His ways of doing things. Then all of these things shall be added unto you. The kingdom first. Whatever is put first. Becomes a stronghold in your life. Can I give you one more? Psalms 102 verse 13 to 14. On the screens watch this. You will arise and have mercy on Zion. That word arise means to get up and become powerful. Zion is the church of Jesus Christ. We are the church he will he will rise you will rise and have compassion on zion that word rise means god will get up and become powerful for the lovers of the kingdom watch the following that will happen for us for the time to favor her yes the set time has come watch this in one moment you can still be broke disgusted and busted because you have a love for the agenda of the kingdom of god One moment of favor can be much more worth than a lifetime of labor. Esther struggled all of her life. But one moment of favor and everything changed for her. From orphan to queen. Joseph from pit to palace. And the list goes on and on. That moment there is not a natural time. It is a set time in the spirit that everything just begins to change for you. Everything just begins to shift for you. Like Jesus from the wilderness into victory. From in war to breakthrough. Everything changed. Say with me, I believe the set time has come for me to experience heaven's best. Say it one more time. I believe the set time has come for me to experience heaven's best. Exodus 3:21. God gave the word to the Israelites, I want you to go into Egypt and I want you to strip them of all their wealth. Exodus 3.21, and I will give these people favor and respect in the sight of the Egyptians, and it shall be when you go, you shall not go empty-handed. Say with me, the will of God is not for me to be empty-handed. Watch this now, but every woman shall insistently solicit, solicit of her neighbors and of her that may be residing at her house Jews of articles of silver and gold and garments which you shall put on your sons and your daughters and you will strip the Egyptians of belongings due to you. It was a moment of favor that came upon them in such a way that it confused their enemies. I mean, how can your enemy just give you stuff? It was a set time of favor. Whew. So this is what happened. They went there and... They persistently, consistently, diligently solicit of their neighbors, the people around them, wealth. And the wealth just came into their hands. Watch this. Wealth in the Spirit has ears. Your car has an ear. The vehicles you need, they have ears. Ah. The buildings we need have ears. They are waiting for us to diligently solicit them. There's a soliciting in the Spirit. If you sit there and you murmur and complain about what you don't have, it will never come to you. Because as a man think of, so is he. And life and death is in the power of the tongue. Hey, Money have ears. They went there and they solicited that wealth. And it came into their hands. The enemy just gave it to them. They walked out with wealth. But watch this. What was the purpose of the wealth? Psalm 105, 37. He brought Israel forth also with silver and with gold. And there was not one, not one, not one. This is Psalms 105, verse 37. Not one feeble person... Among the tribe, not one served struggling because they all diligently solicit in the spirit. Turn to your neighbors and open up your mouth, speak it, it will manifest. Exodus 25, verse 1 to 2. Here's the purpose of the wealth. And the Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites that they may take for me an offering. From every man who gives it willingly and ungrudgingly. With his heart you will give or you'll take for me an offering. Now you go to Exodus 25 verse 8. Let them make me a sanctuary that I might dwell among them. That was the purpose of the wealth. Isn't this powerful? So watch this now. They end up falling into the love for money which is the root of all evil. God gave them the the authority to solicit in the spirit. Money came to them because they had authority in their words. They spoke to the harvest and the harvest came forth. But here they are building a golden calf. Worshipping a golden calf. If you don't know the purpose of a thing, you will abuse it. The purpose of wealth have three mandates. Number one, you are blessed or prosperous to be a blessing to others. Number two, you prosper to take care of the poor. Number three, you prosper to advance the kingdom of God. Three main reasons God will prosper your life. So watch this now. Say with me, the harvest is waiting for my voice. Can I, can I close with this? Watch this. Somebody's asking, where is it in the scripture? Thank you. E- Ecclesiastes chapter number 226. Ecclesiastes 226. For the person who pleases him, God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy. But to the sinner he gives the work of gathering up and heaping up that he might give it to the one that pleases God. How many of you see that? Any God pleasers up in here and online. Woo. That's a little weak, that translation. Get the Amplified. In fact, the NIV, you know, they take a lot of scriptures out. Even fasting, you'll not find in the NIV. For the person who pleases him, God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy. But to the sinner he gives the work of gathering and heaping up. Sinners have the job of we- gathering your wealth. That he might give it to the one that pleases God. This also is vanity and striving after the wind and feeding on it. Say with me, I believe wealth, supernatural wealth is coming to me. Now go to Proverbs 13:22. So money is waiting for the demand. Proverbs 13:22 A good man leaves an inheritance. And in the Jewish context we understand they are the wealthiest people on the face of the planet because they practice several major principles that makes them the wealthiest people of the most companies on the earth. Number 1 they give the tithe to the house of the Lord. That's the Lord's tithe. That's 10% of all the income they give to the house of God. Number two, they have a family tithe. They have a savings account where they put a tithe into that account. For their children's children, a good man leaves an inheritance. That's where the scripture comes from. Therefore, you'll never find very rare. A Jew looking for a job. It's an embarrassment for a Jew to look for a job because they don't look for a job. They start companies. Their parents, even before the baby went, nah, already have a family account open, a savings account that one day when they're ready to leave the house, They either go into ministry or business, one of the two, not looking for job. Job means just over broke. So when their child is ready to leave the house, or what they actually do as well is every third month they take from the family tithe account, they give to the poor. In order for the blessing to continue to flow in that family tithing account. Can you imagine what that account looks like? Because, like I said, most Jewish families are already in business. And they're tithing from the business into that account. What sets the system intact for the blessing to flow is the Lord's tithe, first of all. Because the family tithe will mean nothing. In fact, the rats will get into that account if the Lord's tithe is not given to him first. And then the list goes on of the rumors they give to their priests. first fruits of the harvest they give to their priests. The way they bless their priests. Now you have a paradigm in the church. Where people have a mindset. I am not giving to that church because the pastor is wasting my money. You give to any man of God. You're giving to God himself. And that's the revelation the Jewish people have. If I give to my priest, I am giving to God because my priest represents God. My prophet, my apostle, my pastor, my leader represents God in my life. He brings the voice of God into my life. He breaks the snare of the enemy off of me. He prays for my breakthrough and my miracle. Therefore, the way you treat your leader is the way God will treat you. And they have a revelation that a good man leaves an inheritance of moral stability. So, there there are many other things just in the natural that must be intact. What's going to happen to your family if you graduate right now to go to be with the Lord? What... That you put in place. In order for them to be taken care of. And this is the sad story. But watch this now. To his children's children. So it continues for generations and generations. And generations and generations. And the wealth of the sinner. It finds its way eventually into the hands of the righteous. For whom it was laid up for. Look at me. The scripture says. Money. Wealth. It's finding its way towards you. What is the navigation for them to find you? It's James 5 verse 1 to 4. Watch this. What is the navigation that causes it to come to you and arrive at your house and come to your business? Here is the key. Come now you rich people. He's talking to rich people that is going to lose their money because they are harvesters calling the harvest. Weep aloud and lament over the miseries, the vows. that is are surely coming upon you. He's saying wealthy people are going to lose their money and the money is going to come to the righteous. Oh my God. Come on. This is better preaching than your chicken in the oven. I say rich people is going to cry as they lose money. And the money finds its way to the righteous. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. This is some heavy stuff right here. Woo! I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm getting drunk in the Holy Ghost. That's good. Keep the amplified. It's loud. Woo! but look here are the wages that have, with, that have, that have withheld by fraud from the laborers Who reaped your fields crying for vengeance. And the cries of the harvesters. Is the harvesters here? And online? And the cry of the harvesters have come to the ears of the Lord of hosts. Not only do we have the money crying, but we have the laborers crying. And the Bible says the cry of the harvesters. Have come to the ears of the Lord of hosts. Ooh, I feel fire. Say with me, money cometh to me right now. Some are still saying, you know, like uh, it's not in the Bible. I just read it to you. Say with me, contracts. Come to me right now in Jesus' name. You you see, whenever there's a religious demon, ah, ah, that demon will say, Oh, it's just about money. Why do we need the money? You know, there are thousands of churches we must still plant. Woo, we've got a long way to go. I'm telling you this is a big vision. It's big, 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 mega, 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 mega. You're talking about billions of billions upon billions of dollars that must be used to buy properties, take regions, turn neighborhoods upside down. Hospitals being built by the church. Medical centers being built by the church. Global feeding schemes. Come on, somebody. It's not cheeky, cheeky, Mickey, Mickey stuff. It's big, big, big. So watch this now. I'm <laughs> Ooh, I can take it deep. I feel it here. What accelerates the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is the wealth transfer. I give you the power to get wealth. To establish my covenant. So one of the major signs you'll see in the end time of the coming of the Son of God is the extreme wealth of Christians. Oh, you're quiet now. The extreme blessing of God upon Christians. I feel it in the Spirit. It will be one of the signs Jesus is coming back. Because that wealth will accelerate the end time harvest. I got blessed with this Bible. You know how much this Bible costs? In rands. What was it like? 8,000 rands? You're talking about the gospel being spread. You know how much it costs to run your own companies to print Bibles? We are renting from Spectrum, massive, one of the biggest printing companies in Pretoria, right? The other warehouses is here. Those warehouses, if you take all the machinery out, you can take at least 3,000 people. It's massive. What would happen if the realm of wealth come in, uh, in such a way? We buy Spectrum. We buy this building. We print the Bible free of charge. We smuggle it into nations where the word of God is illegal. The gospel being preached around the world It's coming upon the church. You have to call in the finances. Call in the harvest. Call in the contracts. This good news must be preached. Come on somebody. Jump upon your feet in the presence of God. My God, I feel fire here. Stretch your hands forth to the north, the south, the east, the west. And declare with me, say supernatural. Finances come into my life. Come into my accounts. Supernatural. Kingdom business begin to manifest. We call it forth. According to James, James, Chapter number 5, we declare the rich people will cry as they lose their money. As it comes to us as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We receive the blessing of the Lord that maketh rich and out of no sorrow. We believe the word. We call forth supernatural make no sense type of financial miracles in the mighty name of Jesus. We decree and we declare property come forth. Houses come forth. Vehicles come forth. Resources come forth. For the agenda of the kingdom of God. For the advancement of the kingdom of god you demon of poverty get out of my mind get out of my paradigms get out of my life you demons of lack and scarcity and struggle go go i send you to dry places now in the name of Jesus angels of prosperity gather around my life to fulfill the call of God that is upon my life in the mighty name of Jesus I take back my authority in the realm of the Spirit I take back my identity as a child of God your word says I will be blessed going in. I will be blessed going out. My hands will be blessed. Everything my hands touch will be blessed. I receive divine health in my body, divine wealth in my life, in the name of the Christ. All that is good shall follow me. Goodness, mercy, unfailing love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord souls is my priority plundering hell and populating heaven is my priority in Jesus mighty name the camels are coming the camels are coming Loaded with golds and incense, heavenly blessing, earthly blessing will follow me all the days of my life. God takes pleasure in my prosperity. It's His plan. It's His will to prosper me and my house in Jesus' mighty name. Give Jesus the biggest praise you've ever given. Hey, 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 hey. I see breakthrough coming your way. I see miracles coming your way. I prophesy the greatest time of your life is in front of you. The most blessed experience is coming your way. Thank you for listening to this message. We pray that you've been blessed. For more information on how you can partner with us in our global vision to bring revival to every tribe and nation, visit us at revivalcc.org.